Well, we're glad that you're here this morning. My name's Tim. I'm one of the pastors on staff here at the church. And uh, before I get too far into things, I want to give a shout out to the East to West Festival, Christian Music Festival, that's happening uh, June 26th to 28th in Shediac, New Brunswick. Now, why is this important? This is the largest Christian music festival in Canada, and it's happening in our backyard this June. And so, yeah, that's a pretty big deal. Uh, Third Day is going to be their largest Christian band on the planet. I've heard them several times. Uh, They are amazing, phenomenal. Uh, I think this is their first time to the Maritimes. Am I wrong about that? Third Day ever been here? No. Okay, this is their first time. Hopefully it'll warm up by then. I made some comment this morning on Twitter about, you know, May-cember. This is what it feel, feels like, May-cember. Uh, this is May 25th, uh, seven months from Christmas, but it feels like Christmas this morning. Anyhow, hopefully it'll warm up by June 26th to 28th for this big uh, music festival in Shediac. Third day, uh, 10th Avenue North, the Newsboys, City Harmonic, Jeremy Camp, Cutlass, um, Sidewalk Prophets, George Canyon, our very own 180, Tia Bailey is going to be there. Yeah. And many, many others. Uh, I know the promoter, good friend of mine, and they're still in need of of at least 60 more full-time volunteers. And I told him that I would come to you and make you aware of that. If you go to their website, easttowest.ca, actually, let's say it Canadian, easttowest.ca. If you go to their website, easttowest.ca, um, and, and I, think it's, I think the link says get involved, click on that, sign up. If you're a full-time volunteer, you get a free pass for the entire weekend. They'll feed you one meal a day. And Gayla and I are doing this. We're, we're, we're already signed up. We're volunteers. We're going to be out there doing whatever he wants us to do. And uh, because uh, we want more things like this in the Maritimes. And so we've got to support it and get behind it. Otherwise, the promoters will tell everybody, don't go to the Maritimes they don't support anything. So we're supporting it, and I'm bringing it to you. And they need some more volunteers, so go sign up. All right. This is week five of our core value and uh, vision series. We're shifting into fourth gear today, if you're keeping track. This is uh, core value number four out of six. Last week, we were talking about clarity and communication. And when this series is over, in the coming months, you are going to see us come uh, true on that, on clarity and communication. If we don't, you hold us accountable. And uh, I'm sure that you'll see some ways that we're going to keep the, the vision and the core values in front of us all the time and ways that we're going to do better at uh, communicating with you. So we're just, we're looking forward to that. Uh, we're recapping the series every week because uh, we understand that not everyone is here every week and there are always new people who are visiting. And so we want to make sure that everyone uh, is on the same the same page with that. So week one was our vision statement. And I said last Sunday, I warned you, I said, okay, when we say it out loud this Sunday, we're going to say it like we mean it. Okay, we're, we're going to say it with some, with some, some gusto. So, so dig deep, we're going to put it up on the screen. And we're going to say the vision out loud. And you're going to say it like you believe it and say it like you mean it. Are you ready? Here we go. People in people to experience and follow Jesus. All right. And I got something caught in my throat halfway through. 
And I'm the guy saying, say it like you mean it. All right, so that's the vision statement. Core value number one is this. We're fun. We're fun. Uh, Speaking about fun, I was watching Rick Warren preach last night, and he was preaching in sneakers, and I thought, that's fun. That's fun. Uh, so, so you never know what you might see up here. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll get some new Chuck Taylors, bright colored, you know, bright color, bright pink sneakers or something like that. We're fun. We love creating positive, upbeat environments for you and your family to enjoy. Number two, we're flexible. Go ahead and loosen up. You can't, you know, if you're just tight and rigid, you know, get, you gotta, you gotta unwind a little bit and, uh, and, and be a little more flexible. We're flexible. We're continually experimenting and innovating. It's our way of reflecting our creator. Number three, we're clear. This was last Sunday. Things that are important should be easy to follow. If it matters to us, it should be clear to you. And so core value number four, here we are this morning. This is it. We are bold. We are bold. Our vision is to dream big and take great leaps of faith as God leads us. We will choose risk over regret every time. We're bold, okay? There there is nothing safe, boring, or predictable about following Jesus at all. I think we read the Bible as though it's it's flat. It is not flat. It is a thrill ride. The New Testament reads more like Disney, Universal Studios, Bush, and Six Flags all combined on steroids. I mean, it is a thrill ride. Following Jesus is an adventure, not a nap. Wakey wakey. Wakey wakey. All right? It's supposed to be an adventure, okay? If, if anything, Christianity is, is away from the safe zone. It's, it's way out into the deep, the unknown, the risk zone where we walk by faith and we trust God for everything. Now, similar, oh, okay, somebody believes that. Good, good. Similar, this, this, this core value, last week's was totally aspirational and I said, we're, we're terrible at this, we're gonna get better, that's why it's a core value. This one here actually is, is similar to where we were a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about innovation. Because Moncton Wesleyan, we have a history of risk, boldness, and attempting great things for God. Um, moving up to this site in uh, 1972, Pastor B, I think it was, moving up to this site, moving all the way to 945 St. George Boulevard, I mean, what was out here in 1972? It was probably, this was probably the end of the universe in 1972. Like, it might have been the boonies in 1972. And moving way out here in 72 must have been a risky move. Building the first phase of the Life Center, it was, it was, there was no balcony. It was just that, that main, the main auditorium level. That must have been a risky deal. Interest was like 20% back then. Anybody remember interest rates back in the early 70s? Crazy. Okay, I was three, by the way. <laughs> you know, just, just thought I'd say that. I was three. This room that we're sitting in right now, this room right here, required a huge amount of faith and bold risk. And so living on the bold edge and praying bold prayers is going to be one of our core values because we need to stay committed to doing what no one else is doing in order to reach people that no one else is reaching, okay? We need to stay there. You don't, churches don't drift towards being bold, right? They, they, they'll drift towards being old, old. 
right? You, you, don't, you, don't, just, you don't just become bold. You've got to work at it. You've got to be determined. You've got to, to just be intentional about that all the time. I've preached on risk several times, and it's not hard to find a text that speaks to risk directly to doing something ridiculous for Jesus. The Old Testament is full of underdog stories when God called people to do stuff that was crazy, and it didn't make any sense at all. It did not seem logical at all, other than that, that just to have faith and believe that God keeps his promises. So there's, there's tons of stories there. Or times when God says, trust me, and it just doesn't, there, there's, just, there's no logical explanation to what he's going to do. And this morning, uh, we're going to row out deep into the New Testament with Jesus and Peter walking on water. Did you get that row out into the deep? Did you, did, I worked really hard at that. Did you get the row out in, into the deep? You know, it takes a long time to write the row out into the deep with uh, Jesus and Peter walking on water. Another reason why I thought this would be a great text is because I, we will be, uh, a bunch of us, 25 uh, of you, 25 of us will be actually sailing across Galilee Wednesday of this week. We leave tomorrow. And uh, we'll be there again. It's my third trip. And uh, we leave tomorrow. And uh, we're going to go again. We'll go again in two or three years. So start saving your, your toonies. Um, Spellcheck wants to change toonies to goonies. I, if it helps you to save your goonies up for, for Israel, do that too. Uh, but we'll be going again. And uh, Israel is, is an amazing, life-changing, life-changing trip. Okay, so here we go. Uh, and by the way, I am preaching here next Sunday, even though I'm in Israel. So you have to come and find out what that means. Matthew chapter 14, uh, verses 22 to 33. Matthew 14, 22 to 33. Immediately after this, Jesus insisted that his disciples get back into the boat and cross to the other side of the lake while he sent the people home. After sending them home, he went up into the hills by himself to pray. Night fell while he was there alone. Meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble, far away from land, for a strong wind had risen. They were fighting heavy waves. About three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came toward them walking on the water. And when the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified. And in their fear, they cried out, It's a ghost! But Jesus spoke to them at once and said, Don't be afraid. Take courage. I am here. Then Peter called him, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. Yes, come, Jesus said. So Peter went over the side of the boat and walked on the water toward Jesus. But when he saw the strong wind and the waves, he was terrified and began to sink. Save me, Lord, he shouted. Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. You have so little faith, Jesus said. Why? Why did you doubt me? When they climbed back into the boat, the wind stopped. And then the disciples worshipped him. You really are the Son of God, they exclaimed. You might have seen this story played out on felt board by your Sunday school teacher when you were a kid. You remember felt board? Yeah, yeah, felt board. Big old felt board in that Sunday school basement. It was always in the basement, you know, where the basements had that church funk going on. They all... Every church basement smells the same. And anyhow, you get down there and there, there would be this, this dear person. And out comes Jesus walking on the water. Out comes Jesus. Right? And be felt bored Jesus. And as a kid, you're just... 
This is before video games or anything, right? This is the coolest thing in the world, you know? There goes there comes Jesus walking on the water, you know, it's felt bored. But anyhow, that's got nothing to do with anything. It's just fun to, to think about that. And Jesus does something really unusual, and he sends his friends out across the lake without him. You guys take the boat. I'm not I'm I won't need it. Well, how are you getting across the lake? Well, I'm going to walk across the lake. I don't need the boat. You go ahead and take it. And Matthew says that Jesus insisted with the disciples, probably because the disciples resisted. Jesus probably insisted because the disciples resisted. Have you ever resisted, have you ever resisted God when he was telling you to do something? You're like, no. And God says, no, you need to do it. No. And Jesus is saying, take the boat. And they're like, no, we're not, not taking the boat. Take the boat. No, I'm not taking the boat. Get in the boat. No, I am not. Take the boat. And he insists, get in the, would you just get in the boat? Get in the boat. You're going up. Go. And he insists with them to take the boat. Maybe they resisted because they didn't want to be separated from Jesus. Maybe they didn't want to be out on the lake without Jesus. Maybe they felt like they needed to protect him. Maybe they felt like they needed him to protect them. Either way, off they go. Jesus stays behind and shakes hands until everyone has gone home. And then he goes up on the hill alone to pray. Verse 24. Meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble. Far away from land, for a strong wind had risen. and They were fighting heavy waves. Jesus knew all along. He's putting them in this boat. He's insisting, you have to get in this boat and you've got to go out into the middle of the lake. And yet he knows all along that they're going to get hit with this big storm, that they're going to be in trouble. Sometimes God allows us to get into situations where our only choice is to cry out to him. Save me, Jesus. Sometimes God allows that. If God needs to get a message through to you. If God needs to do this, he might do this. He might insist that you get into that situation. He might allow that to happen so that he could show you who he really is. Sometimes we get so far away from Jesus and from safety and shelter that the only way out of that situation is to cry out to Jesus. And that's what's happening here. And and those are the times... When you're tempted to, to ask, we all ask this question. When you're tempted to ask the question, why? Have you ever asked God why? We ask God, we all do this. We all ask God, why? Why is this happening to me? Why am I going through this storm? I didn't even want to be here right now. It wasn't my, I didn't want to be in this stupid boat on this stupid lake. This was all God's idea. God put me here. God insisted that I get into this boat and I row out. And here I am and there's a storm coming. God shoved me from the, from the shore. God pushed me right into the middle of this stupid storm. And now I'm going to drown and I'm going to sink to the bottom of this stupid lake. Thanks a lot, God. Been there? Why me? Why am I going through this storm right now? Verse 25. About three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came toward them, walking on the water. In the middle of the night, Jesus walks right into the middle of their storm. Most of you know, if you've been around here some, uh, you probably know my father was a sea captain his entire life. He got some great 
great stories. We could, we could, we could stay here all week and talk about my dad and some of his stories. Uh, if you know much about me, you probably also know that I can get seasick shaking a snow globe. <laughs> Honestly. And uh, my wife, who grew up on a dairy farm in the middle of Ontario, has, n- has never, ever been seasick in her life. And she's been out on that Bay of Fundy when it has been upside down, and she refuses to get seasick. And I'm not bitter about that one little bit. We were towing a, a barge one night from St. John to Shelburne, Nova Scotia, and the Bay of Fundy was angry. It was brutal. It was so rough. Like, literally, you, you could not lay down because you would come out of your bunk, like, literally that far. That it would just drop out from under you. Your choices were tie yourself to something or be thrown overboard. It was, it was just a wild, crazy night on the Bay of Fundy. And I crawled. I remember crawling up to the wheelhouse. You couldn't, like, walk the stairs. I crawled up into the wheelhouse and asked my father for some gravel. And my father reached into his pocket and gave me what he thought was gravel. And he gave me his fluid pills. And I had a rough night on the Bay of Fundy that night. And I've, I've cried out to Jesus on that Bay of Fundy. Just take me now. Like, like take my, just come quickly, Lord. Like, just save me, kill me, do something. But this cannot go on any longer. Oh, mercy. Been there, done that. Verse 26. When the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified. And in their fear, they cried out, It's a ghost. When they saw Jesus coming, they thought he was a ghost. Jesus does something here in this, in this verse, in this text, that he's never done before. He does something totally brand new. They had never seen this before. When they see this image kind of walking out into their storm. It wasn't like right away the lights went on. They're like, oh, there's, they're doing that water walking thing again. Okay, Jesus, you know, like we know, we know already you can walk on water. You know, you've been doing that every day practically. No, this was something totally brand new. They'd never seen God do this before. God is about to teach them a lesson in, in risk, in faith, in trust, in, in stepping out to do something bold. And as he prepares them to be more bold, God does something in their lives that they had never seen God do before. And they were terrified and they thought that they had seen a ghost. Now, there are times when churches step out to do something bold for Jesus. They're about to, to take great leaps of faith for Jesus Christ, for the cause of Christ. And what happens sometimes when, 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 when we do that is people start to get nervous and they start to get scared and they start to walk around the church like they've just seen a ghost. And they're not sure, they're not sure what to do. They're not sure what they're looking at because God might be doing something totally brand new that God has never done before. And some people would rather drown than take great risk. They'd rather let the ship go down than be open to a brand new thing that God wants to do. Something that they have never seen God do 
before. Now, full disclosure, total 100% honesty, transparency, as best as I can give you this morning. Here we go. I got to tell you that I'm praying that God would lead us to new places of spiritual growth and changed lives that we have never seen before, ever. And when we do, I fully expect that, it'll, that God will do something new that we've never seen before. And some people will, will get nervous and terrified and look like they've seen a ghost. But, but I'm telling you now, hang in there. Hang in there. God is with us. I'm totally expecting our children's ministry to reach children and families like we have never seen before. I'm praying. Yeah, I, I applaud for that. Yeah. I'm praying that our youth ministry would enter into a season of God's blessing and change lives that we would see a youth revival sweep across this city like never before. How exciting would that be? <laughs> How exciting would it be to see teenagers lined up outside the door waiting for the doors to open for church? Oh, come on. I'm praying that God would lead our young adults out into the deep where they would do things and see things happen for Jesus that would forever change their lives and reach hundreds of young adults in this city for Jesus Christ. I'm, I'm praying for that. We need new ideas to reach new people. We need bold faith that dares to step out and trust Jesus. We need to do what no one else is doing in order to reach people that no one else is reaching. I, can't, uh, I love that, that line that I just shared there. Can't take credit for it. It's, it's Pastor Craig Groeschel of Life Church in Oklahoma. And, uh, but I, I just love the, 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 the verbiage of that, that, that as a church, that we would be willing, uh, praying that God would help us to do things that no one else is doing in order to reach people that no one else is reaching. God help us. God help us to pray bigger prayers and dream bigger dreams and be willing to take greater risk than we ever have before. And when we see you walking in, when we see Jesus walking in to answer our prayer, help us to see Jesus clearly and to trust him even when it doesn't make sense. And I, yeah. And I can almost guarantee it won't make sense. It won't be logical. It'll be something so far out in the the faith zone, in the risk zone, in the bold zone for Jesus that we'll all be crying, dear Lord, help us, save us, get us through this. You know, Lord, this has to be you. It it can't be us. We're not not smart enough. We're not strong enough. We're not cute enough. We're We're not whatever enough. We have to have Jesus. Jesus and the presence of Jesus leading this church. That's where the power is. That's where it is. I got a, I got a Twitter DM from one of our, a message last night on Twitter from one of our fired up M. Dubs family uh, last night. Uh, one of the guys saying that he had a dream this past week. I mean, talk about perfect timing. He sends me this message last night saying that he had a dream last week where he saw entire families being baptized together here at our church. Entire families. Mom, dad, kids, all being, being baptized. Man, that fires me up. That's what I'm talking about. And the, the vision for this is so, 
heavy on me because I, because I believe it, because I know it's going to happen, because I can see it. It's real. And I totally, totally believe that God is calling this church to greater things than we can even imagine. Okay, verse 27. Woo! Verse 27. Jesus spoke to them at once. Don't be afraid, he said. Don't be afraid. Take courage. I am here. Don't be afraid. It's the most frequently spoken command in all of Scripture. Don't be afraid. Some of you just needed to hear that this morning. For some of you, that's, that's exactly the word you needed to hear today. Don't be afraid. That was worth getting up for. It was worth getting dressed for. It was worth brushing your teeth for and saying hi and smiling at somebody in the lobby. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Take courage. Take courage. I am here. Jesus is here right now. And he might just be speaking those words into your storm, into your wind, into your waves, into whatever it is that you're dealing with and you're facing with. And all you needed to hear this morning was was just Jesus speaking to you saying, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Take courage. I'm here. Now, what Peter does in verse 28 is crazy. And his friends must have thought, well, he's lost it. There he goes. Peter called to him, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. In this serious question this morning, and I hope everyone here will, will, will actually process this question and think about this. When was the last time you did something crazy for Jesus? You can hear the Jeopardy music playing in the background. When was the last time you did something crazy for Jesus? When was the last time you took a huge leap of faith and you totally trusted God to get you through whatever that was? You see, some of you this morning just hearing me talk about risk and being bold, it just, it's just like, oh, I, I hate risk. I just can't we talk about something else? You just because we're wired for safety and security. Most people are not wired for for risk. We're left to ourselves, we'll choose comfort and complacency. Thank you very much over risk. I will just stay here on the land. I am not getting into any boat and I'm not going out on your lake and I'm not going into your storm. Thank you very much. No wind and no waves. Just let me work myself into a safe little warm comfort zone where I'm cozy and everything in my life is totally predictable and risk-free. Ah, where do you see that in the Bible? Nowhere. Nowhere, nowhere. Just a couple chapters later in Matthew 16, verses 24 to 26, then Jesus said to his disciples, if any of you wants to be my father, you must turn from your selfish ways, take up your cross. Does that sound comfortable? Take up your cross and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life in my nice little safe little comfort, oh, my Snuggie. Yes, I'm in my Snuggie. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? 
Is anything worth more than your soul? No. The answer is no. Nothing is worth more than your soul. Your soul is the only thing that's going to make it out of this world. Okay, reminder time. Remember, this series is not just about the shifts that we're making as a church or how we're shifting into a new season of ministry. This is also about the changes, the the adjustments, the shifts that we need to make in our own lives and getting our spiritual lives into gear. Think about this this morning. If we could get every person in this room right here, right now, every single one of you, all of us, if we could get every person in this room making the right spiritual adjustments in your lives as the Holy Spirit speaks to you, if we could just get everyone doing that, we would have a recipe for revival and hundreds of changed lives in our community. Right there. The potential is here, right now in this room. It's here. So maybe God is asking you to trust Him more. Maybe He's asking you to be more bold. Maybe God's asking you this morning to to, uh, to step out and, and, and trust Him. You know, you've been there before, and you're like, oh, not today, not today. Some of you, that happens weekly with, with deciding whether or not to follow Jesus, to, to, to accept Him as your Savior. And you're like, whoo, maybe next week. Maybe next week. Ah, yeah, yeah. I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. Nope, nope. Maybe for some of you this morning, you just needed to hear God say, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Go ahead. Don't be afraid. Take, take courage. I am with you. Maybe for all of us this morning as a church, we just need to just remember if we're asking God to do things that we've never seen before, it's going to require faith. It's going to require boldness. That's going to be one of our core values. It always has been, and it always will be. And as a church, we're going to choose risk over regret every time as we follow the Lord's leading. And we're going to choose faith over fear every time. And maybe that's what you need to do in your life as well this morning. Let's pray together. Jesus, I just thank you again this morning that you're here. Thank you for your word and, and the worship this morning and how your, your presence just, just, just becomes so real. It just comes to life in these moments. And God, I know you're speaking. I know you're speaking to many hearts right now. For some, Lord, it might have been the question of when was the last time you took a great risk for Jesus? And maybe you're speaking to some right now and, and they know what it is. You're speaking to them. God, I pray that you would help them to be bold. I pray that you would increase our faith. That you would help us to, to trust you at all times. Lord, for others, maybe it's been a, a spirit of fear. And maybe they just needed to hear your voice. Call out into their storm. Call out into their wind and through the waves. And just simply speak into their, into their spirit, into their heart, into their life, saying, Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Take courage. I am here. Lord, 
I know that there are many, many very difficult situations represented in our church. And and you see those and you know what some of these folks are facing. And I pray that you would remind them of of your presence. Lord, some of our church family are facing very serious health concerns. Cancer and illness. And Lord, I want to pray on their behalf right now. I pray that you would surround them this morning with your presence. And, and, and remove the fear and fill them with courage, with your peace and with your love and help them to trust you in this storm of life. And God, I also want to say this morning that I believe, we believe, as a church family, we believe 100% in your power to heal this morning. And there might be, be someone here right now, God, who, who you choose to heal, you choose to remove that sickness from them. We're thankful for medicine and we're thankful for doctors, but we believe in the power of the great physician and we believe, God, that you can do a healing right now in this room. And so, Lord, we just reach out on their behalf this morning and say, Lord, if you're willing, we believe, we believe and we'll give you all the glory. So now, God, as we uh, continue to worship you, pray that you would give us hearts of full surrender as we respond to you. And if there's anyone here this morning, Lord, who has not yet taken that step to accept you as their Savior. I pray that you'd give them the courage right now to simply say, Jesus, I believe. Would you come into my life? I am choosing in this moment right now, choosing you as my Savior, believing that you are my Savior, that you died on a cross for my sin, that you rose again, that you're here right now. Thank you, Jesus, for this opportunity. Sunday morning, May 25th at Moncton Westland, when I was able to, to, to accept you into my life. And I will live for you and I will serve you for the, forever, forever. Thank you for giving me this fresh start. Thank you for forgiving me today. Thank you for washing my life clean and giving me this brand new start today. Thank you, Jesus. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen.